Last week, I shared what God says faith is. This week, I'll share what I learned about faith in a current day example because it transformed my life forever. As Christians, we believe in a God whom we've never seen. And as long as our faith fits what we are able to comprehend and see with our eyes, we consider ourselves faith-filled. But should faith be so small as to fit in our back pockets to be pulled out only during crises? Faith must be experienced, and after you do, mere words cannot contain its depth. Faith doesn't mean talking about how good God is when you haven't a care in the world. Faith holds hope for a better tomorrow, no matter what today brings. It opens the heart to loving beyond itself and acknowledges the vastness of a God who created the incredible intricacies of our lives. Now, this is a part of what I came to conclude after Monica died. Okay, years after, because this was far from where I, the queen of questioning, started. Listen today and see if you can't relate to the questions of why. But I also want you to know that is not your forever. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, question God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on through the house and join me back on the porch. Still warming up here in eastern NC, so the porch is relaxing and healing and there are birds. It's lovely. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I want you to feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Saudi Arabia, our spotlight country, and in the U.S., Minnesota, what in the world continues to be at the top with the most downloads for the fifth week. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over 80 countries now. This tells me that there's a need to talk about grief and that's felt throughout the world. So please know that whatever country or state you are in, you are not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. I know there are new listeners each week, so if that's you, welcome to the podcast you never wanted to need. I'm glad you're here, though, because it tells me you're taking steps towards your healing. Now, for you new listeners, if you hear me talk about Monica, which I'll do a lot of today, her faith or her death, and you want some more information or background, just go to my website, grief2greatday.com, and then click on the book tab. Her faith journey through the last six months of her life were unreal, and her death changed me. She is the reason that you are listening to me today. In this podcast, we talk about understanding grief, like what to expect 
physically and spiritually. We talk about processing daily life like what in the world? We talk about processing daily life like how to get through the day sometimes. And we talk about growing your faith because ultimately that's where the healing will be found. So if you're just starting your journey, please know life will change. It's not always going to hurt like this. It's important for you to hear that often. It's not to say that you're going to stop missing your loved one because you never will, but you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. Last week, I read Hebrews 11 to you, and I'm hoping you went back to read it out loud for yourself. It's powerful. This week, I'm going to share the faith chapter from my book, Dying to be Healed, as I reflected on the first two ridiculously hard, as in painful, doubt-filled, guilt-ridden, and confused years, and then share five of the most transformative things that will change your grief journey, your faith walk, and your life. Francis Chan said, having faith often means doing what others see as crazy. Something is wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers. That was very fitting for the chapter I wrote, and I'm going to read you that chapter called, What is Faith Then? I wrote it as a reflection on the journey of Monica's last six months of her life as she lived out what others called crazy faith. Okay, so this is What is Faith Then? The chapter from my book, Dying to be Healed. So what was it that we all witnessed? I read the emails from Monica to other people about how she was getting stronger, and I knew they were an extension of her faith. Therefore, they too were beautiful and sickening. Part of me screamed, what was wrong with you? Why couldn't you see? Yet the other part of me said, wow, I witnessed something beyond comprehension. And my spirit was quieted as I realized those screams were about me, my comfort, and my loss. The reality of Mo's relationship, oh, sorry, Mo is what we called Monica, what everybody called Monica. <laughs> so the reality of Mo's relationship with God was palpable. It was strong and stunning, and it proved to be one of the most beautiful yet painful sights to behold. Hey, Jesus, I love you. She would say that to her smiling Jesus picture as she shuffled with her walker to the bathroom four or five times each night. Her body was betraying her with swelling and pain and heat, continuous discomfort and visible tumors. Yet her faith and her resolve genuinely escalated. It reminds me of the verse that says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians 12.9 Now, if I had read this book rather than lived it, there would have been parts that seemed unbelievable or I might have felt frustration at most decisions. I might have been confused about the issue of healing or questioned that kind of faith and God's will towards healing. I wonder why she couldn't accept his will for the outcome, and it took me a while to realize that she actually had. She believed that his will for her life was healing rather than being on the other side. As Christians, we believe in a God whom we've never seen, and as long as our faith 
fits what we're able to comprehend and see with our eyes, we consider ourselves faith-filled. However, when what we believe is beyond what we can see with our natural eyes, we label it as denial or just crazy. Should faith be so small as to fit in our back pockets to be pulled out only during crises? As I read back through the journal, a few themes stood out for me. Monica cried from pain most every day, but she praised God through all of it. The strength of her prayers and her relationship with God only intensified even as the pain increased because she did not let the facts of her situation eclipse her faith. She truly trusted God with the outcome. After I visually witnessed Mo's faith, I was no longer able to use the word faith casually because real faith transcends mere words. Faith is beautiful and appalling. It is hope-filled and haunting, steadfast and sickening. Witnessing Mo's faith moved me to unfathomable depths of pain and also awe in the same moment. After seeing faith in action, I was forever changed. Some days I wish I had never experienced it, but most days I thank God for showing me that steadfast hope of glory. Faith must be experienced, and after you do, mere words cannot contain its depth. Faith doesn't mean talking about how good God is when you haven't a care in the world. Isn't everyone a good captain when the sea is calm? True faith is hard to comprehend because it means believing in the unseen. It is sickening to watch sometimes, but that kind of faith holds hope for a better tomorrow, no matter what today brings. It opens the heart to loving beyond itself and acknowledges the vastness of a God who created the incredible intricacies of our lives. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. What is faith then? As I read the Bible and remembered Mo's journey, these seemed like good examples of faith to me. Building a boat in a desert (laughs) where it had never before rained, waiting a hundred years to have a child, only to agree to sacrifice him. The ability to walk on water with eyes steadfast on the Lord, and in my life, Faith was Mo's legs so swollen that her feet became bright red from the skin cracking. Faith, what was what seemed like a 100-mile trip to the bathroom while holding onto a walker and scooting with pain. Faith was extreme shortness of breath while praising the Lord for her healing, sometimes in a whisper. It was being sick and uncomfortable 24 hours a day for six months, even while she welcomed visits and loved on those in her circle. Faith was seeing the unseen while calling those things that be not as if they were. That's how you know that you've seen real faith when it makes no earthly sense. Despite some people's opinions, Monica didn't walk that journey in her own strength. Of that, I am convinced. Her life was literally entrusted to God's hands, and she relied on his word to steer her course. She spoke with him as if he were right next to her, and that's probably because he was. I'm thankful that because Monica believed she was healed, she asked me to keep a journal of what happened each day. Though it was just a few lines or a paragraph, she wanted to make sure that when we shared her testimony of healing, it would be as accurate as possible. 
So in a way, this book was to be written from April 26, 2009, the day she accepted her healing. As I share this book, I do promise details and honesty, but I cannot guarantee how that makes either of us look to the outside world. Of course, you know after reading this book that the outside world's opinion mattered little. As I sat on that same screened-in porch and listened to calming instrumental music, I attempted to convey who Monica was as a person. I remembered how full of life she was, and I could certainly use the adjectives amazing and caring and loving and giving and unique, but they just seemed to be words that we overuse. Even though she had a low threshold for pain, she embodied strength. She was brutally honest, but she shared the truth with a genuine concern. She was hilarious, but I envied her depth and insight. Humble, but proud of being a nurse. Mo always signed her name with RN, whether she was working or not. She was Southern enough to tell you how stupid you were, and then you would thank her. When she was overweight, she was self-conscious about it, and she was so musically talented that instead of being jealous, you'd just be grateful that she shared her talent with you. And she was, without a doubt, the best person I've ever known. So what is faith, then? It's exactly what God says it is. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Monica's journey may have looked crazy and made no earthly sense, but she had complete confidence in what she hoped for and assurance in what she could not see. So what I will remember most about Monica King R.N. is that she was faith-filled and lived an ordinary, extraordinary life. This verse is the best way to end this chapter and her journey. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen, they are transient. But the things that are unseen, they are eternal. Okay, so that was the chapter. That's how I see faith after being a part of Monica's journey. Okay, now, the five most transformative ways that faith will change your grief journey and how it will drive fear from your life. Believing the Word. You already believe in God. There's your mustard seed because that, that takes faith. So if you believe in God, then you believe that the word was with God and that the word was God. So believing the word, the living word of God, you will get power here. And once you start building your faith back, your hope will become confidence that there is a future ahead and your confidence will get you out of bed and make you want to get through the day and the next day and the next day. And what a change would that be in grief? I know a lot of times I had to make myself, okay, most times I had to make myself get out of bed. But if if it would change from making yourself to wanting to, wouldn't that be awesome? That's just one thing. Now your thoughts, they'll shape your actions. So everything begins with a thought. And if you think or rehearse in your mind, all the promises of God, 
your actions will begin to follow. Your actions may lead to doing the things you never thought you could even a month ago. Number three, your actions, also known as the work of grief, will help you heal. Your tears will be of sadness, but also of gratitude and longing to be closer to God. Number four, as you focus on the Lord, it will drive fear from your life because you will rest in his promises. And your gratitude, number five, and longing to be closer to God will create the strong desire, again, the want to, not the need to, to pray, to read, and to rise. Not because you need to, but because you want to. I know I've said that several times, but that is huge. And the closer you are with the Lord, the clearer your future will become. God will not only reveal your purpose in time, but he will also open the doors you need to walk through. You won't have to try to bang them down, make something happen on your own strength. So just imagine that for a second. Imagine going from, I can hardly breathe, or not wanting to get out of bed, to functioning in life and walking in your calling. Girl, there's hope for your future. Let me just like recap that. Your faith changes your grief journey and your life because once you believe in the word, there's power. It's number one. As you keep reading, that power gets on the inside of you and your thoughts will start shaping your actions. That's number two. Number three, your actions, also known as grief work, will help you heal. And number four, as you focus on the Lord, fear is going to be driven from your life. And number five, your gratitude and longing to be closer to God will create a strong desire to pray, read, and rise. So your journey works, or the work of your journey. Go back and read. <laughs> and especially if you didn't do it last week, Hebrews 11. Keep walking without seeing, because that's called faith. Keep believing God is who he says he is, and have an expectation of a future. Every day is important. Every day is a fork in the road. You can have some bad days, and you can have some bad weeks. And in grief, eh, some bad months. Actually, I had two bad years. But you can't, you cannot, cannot allow the overwhelm to take you over all the time. If you're ready to take a brave step towards your healing, there's help available. Grief to Gray Day offers free and paid faith-based resources. So you can join the private Facebook group. You don't have to suffer in silence anymore. Be a part of a group of faith-filled women who get it in a way the world can't. The daily pain and struggle of grief is not denied here, but faith paves the way for hope in this group. You can download the free Loss, Grief, and Healing Seminar. This is the best faith-based introduction of what to expect in your grief journey. Download the seminar if you want a reason to hope and learn how to heal. Today is not your forever and you are not alone. You can also purchase grief coaching. If you're looking for one-to-one -one support to figure out your next best step, or if you want to understand where you are in the grief process, or you just need accountability in taking those healing steps, these one-hour grief coaching sessions are the answer for you. You can also purchase the workshop called The First Year of Grief. 
how to survive with hope and heal. This workshop is the action-oriented step-taking program you need to give you foundational tools to navigate your grief in the first year especially. Remember, time itself does not heal all wounds. You have to take steps. In this workshop, you'll discover how to pursue God even when you don't want to pray. You'll understand the roller coaster of grief so you know what's normal and what to expect. You will learn to process daily life with practical help to get you through those I can't get out of the bed days. And you'll find where to seek support because I'll share grief resources that are best for you. Look, I've walked this journey and never thought I could be happy again. But God, He restored my joy and gave me a calling. So no matter how dark and hopeless your day is today, this can be your story too. It is my great joy to help you get there. Your safe place for all things grief can be found on the website, grief2greatday.com. This includes all the resources I just shared and in addition, the Grief to Great Day podcast and the book, Dying to be Healed. Regardless of where you are right now, you can breathe, laugh, and live again. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.